This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery. If you have a green thumb or have always wanted one, then get ready for Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, hosted by Ken Anderson, along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. Garden Talk aims to introduce new ideas, help solve problems, and keep you up to date on the latest developments in the nursery and landscaping industry. Call in now with your gardening questions, 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. Now, here are your Garden Talk hosts, Ken, David, Mark, and George. Good morning, San Diego. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross and George Ullman. Mark Mahady is off this weekend. Morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning. How are you guys doing today? Doing good. Nice, cool morning this morning. It's lovely. And drizzly the night before. And Oh, I didn't get any drizzle where I am. Well, that's probably because you didn't get up at midnight to try and watch a rocket launch in the fog that never launched. Oh, no, I didn't. Was that the Alpha? Uh, Firefly. Or Firefly. Yeah, yes. That's it al- didn't, that, no, that's, that's Alpha. A, that's it, alpha. Didn't, it didn't do it again. Oh. Well, yeah, I, they're, I, they're not having very good luck with that. I had a breakfast with some men from church uh, yesterday morning, so I left pretty early, and it was wet out when I left. Really? Okay. I'm enjoying the change. As am I. And yeah, even, the cool weather. The, the warm in the daytime and then cooling off at night has been really nice. And that's the, David's perfect sleeping world. That's that is correct, and that's what makes the whole world okay. In my okay. your world, in my <laughs> my world, okay. It'd be nice if we could get some rain, but I I don't think there's anything in the nothing. Forehead. Now, nothing did they get coming. any rain in the mountains this weekend? There was some. Yeah, huge it looked yes. like they should. They yeah. did. Yep. They did. I was even wondering yesterday if we were if it, if something was gonna stray over our direction because the clouds it, were enormous and the and tails it, of the clouds were, were coming, coming our west. way and yeah. i i thought it was as well but unfortunately sadly no sadly no uh but it should be it should be a nice weekend though the first weekend in october uh, which i still can't quite figure out well after the year we've had and the year in the market we've had october's the worst month so here oh, it comes oh great so up until now, it's been okay. It's been okay. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We do have classes this weekend in both stores in San Diego. It's going to be Growing Garlic with Kathleen. Um, that's at 9 o'clock. At 9.30 in Poway, it's going to be Native Plant Propagation and Seed Saving with Renee Murphy. And she was formerly with Musa Creek Nursery. And then she ran away to Northern California to do science stuff. And... Doing mitigation, uh, soil cleanup with native plants, using awesome. using plants conservation. for conserv- conservation and for cleanup of toxic soils and things. Interesting stuff. Hmm. Way out of way of beyond my yeah, beyond my pay grade. Yeah. Pay grade. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and comprehension. comprehension. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's see. And then next weekend, October eighth, it's in San Diego at nine o'clock. It's going to be Bulb, fall bulbs with Kathleen. And at 9.30 in Poway, it's going to be Felco Tool Maintenance and Sharpening Techniques with Jennifer Thompson. And about 10 years ago, I bought the little red 
handle cover for my Felco. As we mm-hmm. say, all parts are replaceable. And the the plastic sheath that goes over the bottom half of my handle had come off. And I bought the new one, and I went to put it on, and it doesn't quite fit, and you can never quite get it there. And so next week, they are going to She's install gonna, it for me. I guess you're supposed yeah. to heat it first. Are you going to sit in the It's like a heat, yeah, heat shrink that you would use on How would I know okay. that? That's I true. bet you, I bet there's probably a YouTube video that explains how to repair your. Actually, there is. There are YouTube videos from Felco on how to repair them. So, so that's how you would know. Or you can. You want, do you want to say comma dummy there, or no, is that just say, understood? Or, or you saved it so that the class can see how to do yes. it. Yes, yes, it's and you're going to sit there and, and say, "I brought this in so she could do it." I was going to do it myself because I'm fully capable, but I was going to let her do it so you can all see. Thank how to you. Do I appreciate it. that. I decided it really didn't matter. Because it's just a very thin layer of nothing. and But every time I use the shears without that, the aluminum blackens my hand. Aluminium. Uh, the aluminium. Yes. Um, speaking of Falcos, we found a neat little package that uh, Chuck has ordered. And it's it's like a renewal package. It's a, It comes with a new spring and a brand new blade. We have them, I think we have them for all the styles of shears. And... You put that in, you you basically got a brand new pair of shears for a fraction of what a brand new pair of Felco shears costs. Um, so you can, if yours, if yours are getting a little, little worn out or a little, little dull, that's something, something to consider uh, over sharpening. And even though you do an excellent job of sharpening, this might be even better. I, that's probably what I, if my, if mine were really old, that's probably what I would do. Even if you could technically sharpen them i think i would just replace it and they will do that if somebody purchases the parts we will do that well we'll do that at the nursery now but the at the class right they will tune up and help with that is that correct as far as i know okay well i'll go with that yeah but we'll do it if you can't make the class we'll do it if you buy a if you buy a new blade for your Felco shears, we'll put the blade in at no charge. And just to make it easier, if they bring their old shear in, it'll help you to put the new it, blade that on helps, it? That okay. helps a lot. Oh, and the other thing that you get, too, is pro- the, what you probably lost when you bought, since you bought your Felcos, is the little Felco wrench that you can basically take the entire shear apart with. Just a little hardened steel. A versatile tab. tool. Yeah. I keep one on my key ring. Really? Yeah. It is a small little... So if, you, you, if you don't know where it is, you'll never find it's it. A Ma- yeah. It's a MacGyver tool. Yes, it is, actually. Yeah, yeah, but it's a, a, a pretty slick little setup. Um, let's see. There is some stuff going on in Balboa Park. What is today? Um, today, first, The first and second, it's the Begonia Society show and sale today at the Casa del Prado in Balboa Park. I'm sure they have some interesting stuff there to see as well as purchase. Even though I turned my back, you could still hear that? totally hear it. Um, And then the 14th through the 16th, um, speaking of native plants, it's the Native Plant Society show on sale. So that should be a a good one as well. And that's going to be at the Casa del Prado in Balboa Park as well. Um, Speaking of begonias, uh, Brian did get some some nice begonias and got some uh, begonia maculatas, the spotted ones. Oh, the silver spotted ones? Yeah, that have become very popular all of a sudden uh, and then I don't know where he found them but he had some hanging basket um, angel wing begonias that were just gorgeous really really pretty that's a that's a really nice looking plant angel wing begonia 
I may have to go out and take a look around. I did not see those. Yeah, they were there in the shade house. They were they were really nice, um, and we did get we got a bunch of Rex begonias in too. I didn't. I don't know where they ended up, but they. I don't think they were on the same table as the other stuff. Um, and then he got an interesting plant, not a begonia, uh, but, but it, it looks lo- like but one. It, but it looks like one, and it's the common name is actually climbing Rex begonia. Um, the foliage looks very similar to. A Rex begonia, uh, but it's a vine. It's a cissus. A cissus discolor, I believe, is the... Which color? Discolor. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, see what you did there. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> um, so you check those out. If you're looking for something for something for a shade garden or a fern garden, those, those will add some color to it very, very nicely. Begonias are a fantastic shade foliage plant. And many of them are grown for their flowers, but so many of them have just beautiful leaves, stems. The whole plant itself, without the flowers, looks amazing. Yeah, and, there's, and there's so many different varieties of them. You, know, there you have the you have cane begonias, and you have you have cane begonias, you have bedding begonias, you have tuberous begonias. I mean, there's and the rhizomaceous ones, the rhizomaceous can, ones that crawl around, rex begonias. It, there, it it's a it's a really neat, really neat family of plants. And I never cared for them much until about two years ago, three years ago, and I've started to appreciate them a lot more. And I think I told you when you had Oliver on, when he called from mm-hmm. Widener's, we went up the following weekend, Capri and I, and, and picked our own for fun. And they're still thriving in the front porch, and they're flowering constantly. They look great. The the tuberous begonias. The tuberous begonias, right? Yeah. One of our former houseplant suppliers they're gone because the property is now a bunch of homes but the one of the owners was a begonia collector and they had a huge selection variety dozens and dozens and dozens of varieties and when they were going out of business i bought flats of them in four inch pots i think i got 30 or more plants to take home and grow and then i put them on the far side of the house where they got ignored uh, this is just a theme. So. <laughs> well, I don't do that anymore. I know, but there's a theme. So what, I don't about have you very home? many. You don't have very many begonias anymore. Left anymore. Yeah. And I for, uh, I had a, a little red-leafed begonia. From my grandmother. When you said had, I've got to go look for it. I don't know if I still have it. That was an old plant. It'd be nice if you did. Get some family ties there. Um, On a bi- brighter note, please move along. I had mentioned earlier that today is um, San Diego's class is growing garlic with Kathleen, and I had noticed that we have garlic in stock. Came a in lot a little, of garlic in stock. Came in a little earlier than expected, and the heads are beautiful. Very nice cloves in there. You'll get a lot of plants out of them. Yeah, and I good. did check my counter, and I did not save the one-year-old chilled hardneck garlic, so I'm going to have to get another one, try it again this year. And you need to put it in the refrigerator again? Yes. <laughs> Last week when you were uh, not here, when you were <laughs> sleeping in, we talked about the garlic a little bit, and I had put a head in the fridge of the... the prior year. Prior okay. year. And I took it out. Just I, I never got to planting it, and I took it out, put it on the counter, and was thinking about planting it, but I just threw it away instead. 
So I won't. I there promise. Is definitely a theme. There is a theme here. I took it home. Okay. I took it home. See, you say you're a lazy gardener. I am that is true. a lazy yes, gardener. That is very Actions true. Actions speak louder than words, <laughs> George. You, you, I need to give you the T-shirt. Thank yeah. you, sir. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. We would love to talk to you. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with more right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. To the garden party, they all knew my name. No one recognized me. I didn't look the same, but it's all right now. I learned my lesson well. You see, you can't please everyone, so you got to please yourself. And we're back People came with more garden talk. Around. Here on KCBQ and KPRZ, I'm Ken Anderson, along with David Ross and George Allman. Mark Mahady has the day off. Uh, and we're talking about the bulb class is coming up in, in San Diego next Saturday. And we do have a pretty good selection of bulbs in right now. I Most of them have around. finally arrived, yes. the I was going to say dahlias because I just ordered dahlias this week. The spring orders were oh, done this week. Oh, going in this week. But the Dutch iris, the bearded iris, the tulips and hyacinths. Precias. The Rinoculus. paper whites, the most popular one, have still not come in. They're due. Hmm. Uh, that whole industry has changed. Oh, really? The bulb industry, the yeah. supply, the number of suppliers has shrunk. Sh- shrunk. Well, it's causing. Been, it's been kind of a. <clears throat> well, as far as our business is concerned, it's been a a shrinking department for for many years now. Well, more and more people want them blooming when they buy them. Yeah. And more and more growers are providing blooming bulbs later in the season. So it's not it's not as it once was. It's not as popular as it was, yeah. No I patience. Did, we did get a we did get a really a much bigger selection of bearded iris in than I was expecting us to get. And those well, than they told us that we were gonna get. Yeah. We we got what we actually ordered, not what they told us that that they were going to fulfill. And the rhizomes are gorgeous. They are big and beefy, and they are going to multiply very, very quickly. Um, And that is one of the most durable flowers you will find. It's like the South South African bulbs that naturalize here. So will bearded iris. They will survive on almost no extra water. They do better and bloom more and rebloom better with With care, care. but they will survive with little to nothing. Which is why you probably still have some at your place. I do, actually. Yeah. And I can tell you that they don't bloom well with no summer, with no water. With no water. 
but they mm-hmm. they have survived. And growing up, my parents, well, we have an extra property, and there were bearded iris on that property, and they survived, and I, they're still there. They give, give one bloom in the spring. They also now are under trees that have grown over them, so they, the trees provide them shade and allow them a little extra latitude with no water. But they do. You know, it, it's an iris, but we don't we don't get them in during the typical typical bulb season. But we can you can get them usually in one gallon containers from Moosa Creek when they have it available. Um, iris Douglas eye, and I remember going up to the Eastern Sierra with the kids, and especially when you get out into the back country, like I really remember it on the road from three ninety five to the ghost town of Bodie. There was just the fields were just solid blue from all the Douglas iris blooming. I mean, just just acres and acres of them in, in the in the spring and summertime. It it's gorgeous. I've never seen that. Up there. Nor have I. It, it, it sounds it's, beautiful. It's it's really really neat. I mean, it's just huge huge swaths, and just in gra- just, it the on the road from on the road from three ninety five over to Bodie. There's really nothing there. I mean, it's it's pretty. It's pretty pretty barren land, um, and it's it's really high too. It's somewhere around seven or eight thousand feet um, as you're going over, and just these big grass fields. It's all it's rangeland now. Um, these big grass fields, and then there's just this big swath of blue that goes through it. it it's it's really pretty. Just one more reason why you love Bodie. Oh yeah, yeah. That's one of one of my favorite places. I can't imagine going. I can't imagine going up to the Eastern Sierra and not going in. And taking a look, it's it's a it's a must see if you are in that area. Have you ever gone up to see the bristlecone pines? Have you ever turned right at I guess Bishop and? I think my dad took us up there a long time ago when when I was a kid. I have a vague memory of it, but I have I, I haven't been up there recently. I never have. I, we always went left and go up to Mammoth. Oh, and never went to Bodie. It's pretty amazing. The, the history behind it and just what's left of the place is, is re, it's really cool. Re, highly, highly recommend it. Um, Do we need we to say oh, just exactly what Bodhi is no, to, I, or, or are we good? Well, you know, you might want to say that because people are What's curious a, to it, what. You know. It's a state, it's a ghost town, which is a state park, and they are keeping it in a state of arrested decay. So the stuff that's the buildings that are there, it look it literally looks like the people just, Walked out and shut the door behind them. I, there's, uh, there's a huge uh, gold processing mill up on the side of the mountain, and they the the park rangers will take you on a on guided tours of the place. But you they they walk up and they unlock the door and you walk in and everything's there. All the equipment is there. All the machinery, everything, and they. I mean, tons and tons and tons of machinery, and they just walked when it, when they were done. They were done. They just just walked we, away. We we did what we wanted to do here, and and at one time it was this it was the second largest city in California, behind San Francisco. And it's hard to believe in that area, right? Yeah, because I mean, it's in the middle of nowhere now, so I can't even imagine what that must have been like back then. But yeah, it, it was also and the gold ran out. There just wasn't gold ran enough out, and they walked away. Or either the gold ran out, or what was left was too expensive to process. Um, but it was also one; of, it might have been 
the first first city in California that had electric power, or it was very it was very early that they they powered it, and that came about because of the mill, the superintendent of the mill, they were burning. I think it was twenty cords of wood a day to keep the steam plant operating that ran the mill, and a cord of wood is uh, is chopped wood that's stacked. I think it's I think it's four feet by four feet. Is it four by four by four? I, but whatever it is, it is the same. It, so yeah. I can see the three by three by three or four by four by four. Yeah, yeah. But I so, think it's four. Yeah. yeah, but twenty cords a day. And so he sat there, and they had to, and there's no wood. In no wonder Bowie. there's so few bristlecone pines <laughs> left. There's no wood anymore because there's, they used it all. So they had to build a railroad to bring the wood in from south of Mono Lake for the mine. So he calculated it all out, and he said, you know, we build the, we build the power plant over on the Green River, which is about 13 miles away, run the power lines over here. We'll pay for this in a, in a year. And that's what they did, and they that's how the whole city got electrified was to do that. So there's a little bit of California history Thank you, sir. for you. But uh, moving on, what am I going to move on to? Oh, fall I said fall mums have started arriving. They're gorgeous. We got some really nice ones that were in gallons, I think, this They're year. Gallonish. They're gallonish. It's a weird, yeah, it's a weird. It's a weird shape. Yes. But um, those were really, really nice. And some cachet pots of bigger ones. They're in full bud with hundreds and hundreds of buds on them. So they'll bloom throughout the fall if people remember to water them. Yeah. I love I love mums, but I have never I have never been able to grow them really well. I mean, I can I can get them through the blooming season and then after that they just they don't do much. My dad has a bed that has some mums in it that are leftover little six-pack mums from probably somewhere between 5 and 10 years ago. And they look crummy mm-hmm. for <laughs> so many months out of the year, but then they bloom, and he gets so excited when they're blooming. So they're, they're in there, and autumn, they come back yeah, every year. Great autumn cut, plant. Yeah, and they they will bloom more during the year after they cut back. They're cut back regardless of the season. They'll generally come back and and bloom again. And he loves them, so I'm okay. <clears> if I can give a correction on the cord of wood, since we yes, sir, want to be correct. It's four by four by eight. That's right. This, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was I was incorrect as well. Four by four by eight, and it basically is any any measurement that you get to get come up to 128 cubic feet. That's a lot. It is a lot. Yeah, it's 20 of those a day. And just then think about it: 20, you're burning 20 of those a day, but somebody's got to go and cut and split. It's got to dry and got to cure it. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's it's a no, process. It's no wonder there's no trees up. It's there a anymore. process, not an event. Yeah. Exactly. Um, oh, I remember what I was going to ask you about as far as bulbs are concerned. Did we get? Um, Japanese iris in, or no? Have we? I don't think we, we have. We have them for a while. We used to get those in little they cardboard came in the sleeves, boxes. Yeah. Yes, and no. That's a neat plant. Uh, you can grow it in, as a container plant, you, or you can grow it on the. If you have a water feature in your yard, you can grow it on the edge of your of the water feature as well. We do usually have them, or frequently have them available in the water section, mm. potted as a marginal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've had some back there a couple of weeks ago. So. I wouldn't mind finding Louisiana iris again. Those are amazing. You should have gone to the show at Balboa I Park. I should have. I should have. But that is an amazing plant. And they're huge. We used to get them in 15-gallon cans. The, the yes. darker, dirt, 
dark, dark purple dark flower. Dark purple. Yeah. You, you know, about we had one of those in our water it's feature. A, it's a bog plant. It's yeah, a bog we plant. We had some. One. So you can you can purchase it from Walter Anderson. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't have a bog, though. Uh, and I don't think it would look good sitting in the swimming pool. You put pool. it in your pool. Yeah. Stop chlorinating it. <laughs> yeah. uh, if you want to give us a call day, 888-344-1170 is the number we would love to talk to you. Um, we have but, not gotten in the onions uh, that's yeah, what I was going to ask you about, onions and potatoes. Potatoes are usually the first week of November, give or take. It depends on how cold it is up mm-hmm. in Montana where they where come they from. The potatoes? And they have to wait for a, a, a warm shipping window because they can't ship them when it's the temperatures are freezing. And mm-hmm. so usually there's a little bit of we have to watch the forecast and then they will ship them. She likes me to reach out in the middle of October. But they had a good crop this year. They had less smoke up where the growing areas are, which affects the growing of the seed potatoes. But they supply most of the state up there, or a lot of the state up there. And I don't think a lot of people down here get potatoes from them. But they harvest them, store them, and we get them in the fall because of our and what does temperate the, What does the season. smoke do to them? I think it reduces the sunlight, so it slows down their slows growth. slows down the growth. Okay. What about, are we getting a belladonnas? No. Not at all? Okay. The company that we get them, that is our bulb supplier now, only does them in the spring. Okay. And I don't want to mess with them. We still have some potted ones from a couple of years ago. The other supplier was my sister, <laughs> and she's very unreliable. So <laughs> I didn't want to. She's got a lot going on this year, so we're not going to mess with them. I did see when I was walking through the yard yesterday. If you like proteas, we have we have at least two, maybe more, um, really nice king proteas in stock. I think they're in fifteens. Wow. They're they're big. Um, that's probably out of all the proteas. That's probably my favorite. No, 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 no. In Proteaceae family. The favorite's macadamia nut. Oh well. Yeah, I oh, guess so you're you. picking favorites for others now. Is that I am, correct? I am. Okay. Your favorite heretofore is. Henceforth. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a, it's a spectacular flower. Uh, just really, really neat. Uh, really, really neat plant. And it looks completely different from all the, all the other. Pro- flower, Not only flower-wise, but foliage-wise, too. Yeah, right. It's a, well, I have a banksia that's about to bloom with a beautiful orange, yellowish-orange flower. And... Victoria, I think. I think it's Banksia Victoria or something like that. And it is coming up. And it is a beautiful and spectacular one. And one of my favorites. They next are, to the macadamia. Uh, Banksias are really nice, too. Mine still isn't doing anything. My pincushion just took off like crazy. And I love Ooh. the pincushions because they do so much. And they're easy. And easy. Yes. yes. Yeah. And if you like Proteaceae plants, our good friend John Clements from the San Diego Botanical Garden is going to teach a class for us in new year on how to grow those successfully when uh i I think it's february that he's going to come in and teach a class okay okay you're listening to garden talk here on kcbq and kprz if you want to give us a call 88 numbers 888-344-1170 one of these years i'm going to get that right um we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with more right after this
Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. When I got to the garden party, they all knew my name. No one recognized me. I didn't look the same, but it And we're back with more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm uh, Ken Anderson along with David Ross. No more excuses. George Allman and Mark Mahady is off this week. Yeah, I know. Thank you for moving that. That'll okay. be much easier to find when I'm, I'm here for you. starting to panic. Um, if you want to give us a call... 888-344-1170 is the number. Thank you. There you go. Um, I had somebody bring, brought in a very interesting insect the other day. I only saw the I saw the, I only saw the picture of it. I didn't see the actual actual bug, but a case moth. Case making clothes case make, moth. Clothes right. moth. Yeah, which is the moth that gets into your closets and eats holes in your. Woolen, I, I guess it's, is it just wool that they eat or do they, will they eat anything? I think uh, they'll it, eat It's in fibers too. and material, so I guess any type of fiber and, probably. Yeah. I, I don't know for certain, but I'll tell you, it was the most interesting little insect. I, at first I thought it was a piece of masking tape. You know how you roll a little piece of masking tape to make it double-sided? It yes. looked like that, that you might have dipped at the beach on a, onto the sand. How about an open-ended burrito? No, that's not what it looked like. No. <laughs> okay. It was far too small. And then the the the, it, the larva like sticks its heads out heads out to eat and then comes back in and retracts. It, it was very fascinating and it it's very tiny as well. Yeah, they don't. And the lady brought it in. She said it was on her bathroom floor and she was staring at it, thinking what, not knowing what it was. And then the head came out and went back in and she said, I, "I've got to bring this in. I need to know what this is." Yeah, I probably would have freaked out. Really? Yeah, they're I, tiny. Yeah, I know. It's just. And it just looks like a little piece of debris. Yeah, that's true. But no, no, it's kind of weird. It is. It is strange. And until you know it, it's stranger. Yeah. Wool, fur, silk, feathers, felt, felt, and leather. And filth. And filth. Leather. <laughs> leather. Leather. Yeah. That. They feed exclusively on animal fibers, especially wool, fur, silk, feathers, felt, and leather. That's interesting. And that. That seemed. That seems unusual to me that they, because leather is so dense compared to right. the other compared to the other things. But that's what they hmm. say about me. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What do we got? What else we got on the list? Oh, if you if you're looking for a nice drought tolerant tree to put in your yard, uh, we have quite the selection of Desert Museum yes, Parkinsonias right now, which is an outstanding outstanding drought tolerant tree. I mean, there's 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 really not much that goes wrong with them. I had one in my yard for a while, but um, wasn't the Desert Museum. I, I'll tell you something that goes wrong with them. Now, so the Desert Museum doesn't have spikes, right? One of its features. One of its features. People like it because it doesn't have spikes. 
Or and, thorns. Or thorns, correct. And one of the things that goes wrong with it is it suckers from the rootstock and you get thorns. They're grafted. They're grafted. And they're oh. grafted onto Parkinsonia's with Parkinsonia. And with, so we, we've had a number of customers either call or come in with pictures or branches saying something's wrong. I think I bought the wrong tree because it, when I first got it, it didn't have any thorns, but now it has thorns all over it. That's and, interesting. I didn't, I had never thought about that. I don't think it. the one, I don't okay, think the one. Could you bring this back to me and, mm -hmm. and the timeliness of a Saturday morning meeting? We had a Saturday morning meeting and David had mentioned that. And I had a phone call that afternoon or a picture that afternoon, and I was able to fix that immediately. Thank you, David. Thank you, David. Okay. Now, you also had a, a lengthy conversation recently with someone about watering them, though. I heard that. I did. So, well, what, actually, what, no. I was just over the shoulder. Okay. So what They about, do better with, with – they look better with some water during the summer. Because we have one at the, at the nursery in Poway, and it looks great. And it gets water all the time because the, the runoff from – the hose right outside the roll-up door goes into that bed. And my neighbors have a couple of them. One of them is much closer to the leach field, and it also gets afternoon shade. And that tree is three or four times the size of the tree on the other side of the driveway that's in the full sun all day and doesn't get very much water. How far apart are they? Um, I see where you're going with this. <laughs> they are probably 20 to 30 feet apart, okay. but relatively in the landscape situation, they're close. Right. And everything's exactly the same. Except for nothing the water is, and the shade. And, and right. nothing's the same. Right. And we hear so often, everything's exactly the same, but this one's dead and I did everything. It's the same thing, same care, same, but it's not. It rarely is, is everything the same. I... I think I told you I went out to Len Schultz's mm -hmm. house because he was having problems with a boxwood, and he had replaced them because they had died out. And in this row, everything's the same, but there are trees casting shadows differently. But in this one relatively new planting, the half of it was dead. I mean, it was almost straight down the middle. Half of this one plant was dead. And if you looked at it, carefully closely it was two cuttings in that one mm -hmm. pot and they were oriented east to west and so the west cutting was dead it was on the hot side of the plant it provided shade to the cooler side of the plant the cooler side of the plant doesn't get afternoon sun and the dripper was pushed around to the back to the cooler side of the pot so everything was against that half mm -hmm. that was dead and it was clearly, when you think about all the little nuance, it was clearly just because of a lack of water and sun. But not much is going to be closer than those two rooted cuttings in the same pot. Mm -hmm. That's an excellent, an excellent example, and it's a shame that you didn't like video capture that to use. Well, I still could. I haven't been banned from his property okay. yet. <laughs> So I'm that still you know, the there. Court, the court order could I, be I in process. Think, I don't think, yes. This is thus far. I should. I should, because that is a very... That would work well. well I had a, it was a couple of years ago I had a customer come in, and they were having issues with a privet hedge that ran down their driveway. And their driveway was sloped. And they said, you know, it, they, they all get the same amount. Of, they're all on the same sprinkler system. They're all getting the same amount of water. The ones at the top of the driveway were kind of small and scrawny, and the ones at the bottom of the driveway were 
beautiful and lush and you could see the progression from the top as they as it went down they got nicer and nicer and nicer until they until you got to the bottom well the water's running down the slope so, so that water, yard had gravity in it it had gravity apparently. yeah so right. the so the ones at the top of the the ones at the top of the slope weren't getting as much water as the ones at the bottom because the water from the top was moving down towards the lower ones and where at the bottom where the, most of the water would concentrate those were the ones that looked the best and when you shut off the sprinklers, all of the water in the line is going to drain down and down get the bottom the low, ones the that much water. more. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's kind of interesting the some of the things that you see out there. And you don't think about it until you have to think about it. In mm-hmm. in a homeowner's mind, I'm taking I'm doing everything right. the everything same. Is everything the same. is they're, the they're, same. They're ten feet apart. There's nothing different. We hear it all the time. But you know, we we have talked about it so many times. You know collectively here and david you and i talk about it at the nursery a lot that capri and i went on a walk once and she pointed it out to me because there were two hibiscus and one of them was thriving and they were literally six feet apart one was thriving and the other didn't look all that well and she said this is exactly what you and david talk about all the time she said look this one's getting shade from the tree and it looks spectacular and this one that's six feet away is getting a lot more afternoon sun and it doesn't look good at all i had a so one person at a time we're converting similar conversation with a lawn and there was a large elm tree in the middle of the lawn and St. Augustine under it and it was all nice and green under the tree but then as you move away from the tree where the sun hits fully in the afternoon it was all dead and the care I'm sure that lawn is all the same but now the sun exposure is what makes the difference it increases the need for water and normal people don't think about that until they have to you just think yeah. I'm doing everything the same, and what the heck is wrong with it? Why did you sell me this bad lawn six years ago? Yeah. Well, and St. Augustine's one of the few grasses that does really well in shade, in shade. and sun. Yeah, with it's proper a t- it's, water. <clears throat> yeah, it is a it is a tough lawn, it, uh, but it's not. There again, it's one of those ones that's not not nearly as popular as it used to be. So many people say it is too coarse. Mm-hmm. It, is blades are court. It, it is coarse. It is. Which I, so what? I, I don't I don't get it, but I think it's a great grass. No, it, it's like Bermuda it's, on steroids. It is tough. It is it is tough stuff. You know what was a what was a really neat, uh, Saint Augustine was the dwarf Saint Augustine that Southland used to grow. Now that you couldn't say that that had really coarse blades on it. No, I'm trying to remember the varietal name. Do you remember I, it? I, I, I can't. I can't remember the name of it. But it was a. It was, that was a really. That was a really nice lawn. My when I lived on Oak Bend, the, my neighbors across the street put in a big swath of it in their backyard, and it looked gorgeous. Although it did, it did brown out a little bit in the, uh, in the wintertime, and in the summertime, the the blades of grass would actually in the sun they would actually get a a, a little shade of, uh, purple to them. It was it was really it was really neat. I keep waiting for George to utilize technology and tell us what the name well, of that there, dwarf. There are quite a number of different varieties. So taking a, a, there's one called Del Mar. That wasn't it. That was, a, okay, yeah. it says it's a, a it's considered a dwarf. Right. Just okay. keep chatting. Just keep if I find anything, I'll let you know. <laughs> okay, actually, I gave, you, I gave you way too much you, credit, George. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. We're going to be back with more right after this. 
Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. When I got to the garden party, they all knew my name. No one recognized me. I didn't look the same. But it And we're back with more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross and George Allman. Mark Mahady has a day off. The uh, 2020 county crop report is out. Before you go there, I just... Mm -hmm got a notification that the Firefly rocket did launch this morning at 12.01. I got up on the wrong... Well, it was overcast this morning as well, but it launched this morning. Oh, well... Now you can tell us. Well, congratulations. Well, before you go further, the sod that you... I'm sorry, the St. Augustine we were talking about, there's a variety called So Low... And that mm-hmm. is by Southland. That, that's, so the that's, that's probably that the was, one you guys it. were looking for. Yeah, I don't think they grow it anymore, though. That's don't know. Say. Yeah. I, now, anyway. do you have any information on the, cro- the, the county crop, crop report? report? Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> they, they, usually, they, run, they run at least a year behind. So this is the 2020 report. But it's, it's, kind, of, it's kind of interesting what, what, when you start digging into the figures of what's going on here in San Diego County. This is for the entire county. Um, you know what the, the number one crop is in San Diego County as far as dollar value is concerned? No. Do tell. Nursery and cut flower. I wouldn't have one, gotten that. One, one billion two hundred and seventy-four million seven hundred and eighty-four thousand dollars. Well, if nursery is container plants, right? Container plants, which that has been for a long time, has it not? Yeah, yeah, it has been for for quite some time. Um, let me see what else. Let and me, it's let's find interesting, some of the other interesting because stuff. we're getting fewer and fewer growers. <laughs> In town, but I was thinking, I'm thinking about that. Altman's, yeah, they ship a lot of plants out of this county. Yeah, within the- well, speaking of Altman's, bedding plants, color and her color and herbaceous perennials, cactus and succulents, four hundred and thirty-one million dollars. That's a lot. That's a lot of money. Ornamental trees and shrubs, four hundred thirty-two million dollars. Avocados, hundred and fifty-two million. Indoor flowering and foliage plants, three hundred and seven million. Um, lemons, seventy-nine million. That's a lot of lemons. And lemons is almost lemons is more than double oranges. Oranges is thirty-five million. And that's because of the value of lemons. I mean, they, they sell for more. That's the only thing I can. That's the only thing I can think of. This is an interesting category: turf cut Christmas trees, and industrial hemp. It's fifteen million. It's not very much, but it's seven hundred and ten acres. Well, the sod farm up in San Pasqual must must be the majority of that, because I don't know of much. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Cut Christmas cut, trees cut and Christmas hemp. Christmas trees are anymore. 
or hemp. I didn't even know where they would grow that. At Cleveland National Forest, I believe. Oh, that could be. Uh, we're going to go to the phones. We're going to go talk to uh, Dennis in Escondido. Good morning, Dennis. How are you? Hi there. I just wanted to make a comment on the grass that you were talking about a little while ago. Mm -hmm. I have that in the upper part of my property. I'm kind of on the side of a hill. And I've got gophers everywhere else in all my other lawn, but I don't have it in that grass. It's too tough for the gophers, I think. Oh, that could be. That's interesting. I don't come to think of it. I don't think I've ever seen a gopher in a, a gopher in a St. Augustine lawn. Yeah, it, it's uh, pretty tough, and I've, I'm hoping that one day it'll all fill in to the rest of the grass. It's creeping down the hill a little bit, so hopefully. It, but it's hard to walk in sometimes. Uh, you, you sink into the grass about six inches sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it, it when does. You haven't cut it. Yeah, it does build. Up, it does build up some thatch underneath of it. It can be very cushiony when you're walking on it. So it's not a good croquet yeah. court lawn. No, no, definitely not. Are, are you supposed to thatch that stuff every now and then? Yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah. especially It'll, if it gets up to four to six inches, I yeah. think they recommend it highly. <laughs> yeah, I, I've never done that. Uh, well, maybe years ago I did, and the guy that used to come around and do it has died since that time. Yeah. I just never got around to finding somebody else to thatch it, I guess. Yeah, it's definitely something you yeah. would want to farm out, not, not something I would want to do. Yeah, I had forgot all about that. Uh, uh, okay, just wanted to comment on the gophers. They, they don't like it. Okay, we appreciate Thanks. that, Dennis. Thank you. Have a great weekend. You too. Bye. Take care. Uh, we're going to move down to Chula Vista where Alan is waiting. Good morning, Alan. How are you? Good morning, guys. Doing good. What's up? Um, hey, I got a question you mentioned, St. Augustine Graff. Mm -hmm. uh, my mother-in-law, when she was living, uh, lived out by Southwestern College, and uh, we had a landscaper put in a, a beautiful fescue lawn in the front yard, and it had back in the backyard with St. Augustine Graff. Mm -hmm. But uh, she had a regular gardener doing uh, the lawn maintenance after the landscaper put the new lawn in. Mm-hmm. And it uh, turns out that the, the St. Augustine, he was using the same mower for the back and the front. And the St. Augustine just uh, got planted in the front and started taking off and taking over. And uh, while well, I talked, to our landscaper does the gardening out there now. And uh, um, he said the only thing you can do is rip it out and start over because you, you put the St. Augustine uh, uh, little particles of it get in the grass. And so I was trying to pull the stuff out, and he said, that only makes it spread. He said, typically, you have to just cut off the uh, runners as they start to spread out. So um, just wondering, is there anything we could do about it? It's a beautiful lawn now, but I think it's mostly St. Augustine. Embrace it. Embrace <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think your gardener is right. I think the only way that you're... There's, there's no chemicals that you can apply that you can that are going to pull the St. Augustine out of the out of the fescue. Yeah, I think you can use Turflon ester. Can you? I, I Turflon ester kills that warm. running the warm season running grasses. In so, cool season in grasses. Cool I, knew season did, grasses. I, I knew it did with I knew it did with Bermuda. I, didn't uh, know. Should, I might check the label on that. Okay. Yeah, I would look up Turflon ester and see. I, I believe it will do the um, St. Augustine as well. Does the San Diego nursery carry that? I believe they do. If they, if we, yeah, if we do, if we don't have it on the shelf, we can get it for you. So oh, you might, wonderful. you might give, you might give them, give them a call before you drive all the way up there and see if they've got it. But if we don't, we can get it. But ch check the label first. You can do that online. I'm pretty sure it does. Turf lawn ester. Okay, I'll, t I'll check onto it. Okay. All right. Thanks, guys. Okay. Let us know if it works. 
Okay, we'll do. <laughs> now, wild Thanks turf lawn ester is a great warm season grass and broadleaf weed killer. You have to be really careful with it because it if it drifts onto shrubs, anything with a broadleaf around the lawn, it can take that stuff out too. It can. I remember a customer having a problem with a rose garden adjacent to their lawn after doing that. And so I always want to caution. I'm, I'm pretty sure the St. Augustine is on that label. As a warm season grass, it's a that that is a fantastic herbicide too. Well, but the better thing to do is to embrace is it. embrace the Saint Augustine. Let it be. We we had a Bermuda lawn at my folks' house, and the trees grew up and shaded out the lawn till no grass would grow under there. And I took just a small chunk of Saint Augustine, less than a flat worth, and just put it in one area of the lawn. And it ended up spreading over a couple thousand square feet and then into the sunny lawn across the driveway from it. And just embrace it. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a tough grass, a really tough grass. And, yeah. it, and it grows in such a wide variety of areas, too. But you know, what Alan was talking about, the transfer of different grass, that's, that's why I don't have uh, pure Bermuda in my backyard anymore. Well, any it, it it'll it, the lawnmower takes cuttings and just distributes, distributes them uh, exactly distributes them evenly right. over everybody's yard. Do you know what you could call that? What biodiversity? Well, that's true. And, Not having and, a monoculture and, and embrace it. That's right. Uh, the Saint Augustine at my folks' house has gotten a little too thick, and it is super spongy, and I hate it. But it needs to be torn out and and redone, thatched. dethatched. But it's going to look so bad. We're or gonna, just or just scalp it. Yeah, I don't want. My dad's not going to want to look at it ugly for a period of time. So I'll scalp it. Just let it go. Scalp it and put a annual, annual rye, annual rye over, it. over it. That's yeah. not. A, it goes. Is it, does it go dormant where he lives? It, in the it slowly. Semi it, it, okay. Yeah, semi. So scalp it then. That's not a bad idea. I'm glad I listened to you guys today. <laughs> Sometimes we have some interesting, some good, some good information. You've been listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross and George Allman. We'll be back next weekend with another hour of Garden Talk. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks for joining us on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, your source for gardening, landscaping, and horticulture news. Still have a question for the Garden Talk crew or want to learn more about the show, how to become a guest or sponsor? Send an email to askanexpert at walteranderson.com. That's askanexpert at walteranderson.com or visit walteranderson.com. There's more professional gardening advice next week at this same time on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery.